Well, hello, hello. It's good to see you again, and welcome back to Optimizing Your Financial World. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and as always, we've got our star. That's Mr. Mark Wade, president of Echelon Family Office. He's going to be stopping by, joining us for another wealth management discussion. That's what we tackle here on the show. And today we're going to be reverting towards a, a conversation and a topic that Mark and, Mark and I have, have had prior, you know, in, a, in an episode prior on this show, surrounding the idea of preparing heirs for their wealth. But today we're going to be taking a slightly different angle towards looking at at heirs and the wealth that they inherit one day. So I want to frame things up for you guys. You know, it's not always easy to inherit significant wealth. I mean, sure, the common misconception is, oh my gosh, all this wealth is going to change my life for the better, right? Many inheritors, though, feel tremendous amounts of pressure to prove that they deserve the money. And that pressure can lead to some not so great things, maybe big problems even, depending on how well they've managed that situation and they've managed their true ability of inheriting that wealth and what they're doing with it. So today, Mark and I are going to be exploring what life looks like after the inheritance, so to speak, and different ways that inheritors can feel more validated and more comfortable with their wealth when that time comes. So with that being said, let's bring Mark out and get right into it. Mark, good to see you this morning. How are you doing? Hey, Ryan, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. We got a good topic here, a little nuance from a topic that we talked about recently, you know, about preparing heirs. Obviously, today's you know, uh, conversation going to be a little bit more focused towards after that inheritance has taken shape. But first question to you, Mark, we'll start high level like we typically do. Uh, I think many people would just assume that inheriting significant wealth only has upsides. But you and I both know that's not the case. But talk to us about the pressures, the challenges that can also be associated with this moment. Wow, you know, in 43 years, we've seen so many different things, Ryan. And and oftentimes, you know, when inheritors, you know, receive wealth from their parents, grandparents, or, or other family members, I can't tell you how often it's accompanied by feelings of they may have some self-doubt or maybe even guilt. You know, many inheritors have this uh, great desire or even a need to try and justify the wealth uh, they, that they've received and, and, and to prove to those around them that that they deserve to receive it in some way. And they might even consider it to be unearned money. So it's a pretty common issue and it often doesn't get addressed, uh, you know, as well as often as it should. Sure. So Mark, would you say that this is one of those issues that should actually be considered by both sides of the coin and that's the inheritors as well as the matriarchs and patriarchs? Am, am I correct in saying that? What are your thoughts on that? No, it's a great point. You know, when there's, you know, family wealth being transferred, everyone involved should be aware of this need for legitimacy, right? It can empower a lot of inheritors you know, to do some great things, but it can also, you know, reveal the dark side that comes with, uh, you know, wealth destroying problems. So if you think, you know, you're someone who may someday pass substantial wealth on, you know, to, uh, to, you, to a child, uh, you know, it, it, it's good or, or not even wealth, or if you're likely to be one who's going to be receiving, you know, a, a large sum of money, you know, it really does make sense to understand that some of the key baggage that comes along with the inheritance. Uh, so you can navigate through the opportunities and the challenges that are going to come with receiving that wealth. It could be enormous. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. And Mark, Let's look at the the types of people, the types of inheritors that we're dealing with. Do you tend that there are to see that there might be a specific type of inheritor that does experience that self doubt or guilt? You know, 
would you say maybe it impacts more types of people than others? What are we looking at here? Well, you know, Ryan, it's interesting. I'm going to say that inheritors of large fortunes, you know, generally you can divide them into two main categories. You know, there are those heirs that are going to likely possess some combination of, and, and I hate to think of it this way, but, you know, greediness or narcissism, okay, and a tendency to be a little bit self-indulgent. You know, these are the stereotyp stereotypical, let's call them bad seeds, uh, you know, and they, they're going to spend and live life recklessly, and they're not going to think about the consequences. So, you know, their wealth oftentimes serves as nothing more than a way to cause more problems. You know, this group of, of, of individuals are the ones that, you know, the, uh, Tom, the common uh, term is affluenza. Uh, where, you know, individuals focus only on their hedonistic wants. So the bad seeds and the overprivileged children, of which these individuals are, you know, they're often, you know, going to be destroyed by their family's money. And they sometimes help eradicate or diminish to a large degree the family's fortune. So, and then there, you know, in stark contrast, there are heirs who, you know, most people would describe as being you know, worthy of their family fortunes. And that is they are the hardworking as well as socially astute, socially responsible individuals, the inheritors of wealth that are going to do great and good things with it. So in looking at those two types of inheritors, Mark, would you say it's those so-called worthy heirs that are the ones that are kind of seeking that need for validation or legitimacy? Yeah, but but not all of them, of course, you know, they're going to be those who accept, uh, you know, who and what they are, including that, you know, they're extremely wealthy, right? Uh, you know, this cohort of, of wealthy inheritors, you know, consists of individuals who are mostly well adjusted people who can handle the money. Okay, they handle their wealth maturely and responsibly and, and they're doing things that are important to them and without much doubt or second guessing with respect to, you know, how they're going to deal with their fortunes. So they, they have a good head on their shoulders and they know what they want to accomplish. And then there are those, the legitimacy seeking good heirs. Okay. Having not earned the wealth, they feel uh, no sense of entitlement uh, as the bad rich often do. Instead, they feel that they need to prove they deserve this, this wealth that they've received and to validate the fact that, you no, know, they've received a great fortune. So in short, I'm going to say, you know, they're looking to justify their entitlement to the family money. They're looking to prove to themselves and to others that they deserve having this type of inheritance. Mm -hmm. So I want to get into the heart of this and it really, it kind of, it's, it's the why really, Mark, why would you say, is there that need then to prove they deserve an inheritance? And why is that, why is that potentially a problem uh, down the road? You would think it's a good thing. They want to, they want to prove themselves, but why can that be a problem? Well, it's, it's strange, Ryan. It's kind of like a double-edged sword because it can motivate and at the same time it can damage. You know, inheritors who are looking for that validation for their wealth, you know, they often put pressure on themselves, you know, undue pressure in many cases, because, you know, they may have been hardwired, they may, or their, their personality may be hardwired in such a manner that it causes them to want to accomplish great things in life, or they feel a pressure to live up to the older generation's expectations of them, right? Uh, and in some families where accomplishments are the best way to get attention, which, you know, many affluent families, that's, they've, they put a lot of focus on that. 
you know, to get attention, okay, and maybe to get love. You know, for example, these heirs often become highly motivated to excel, uh, not always for the best reasons. And then, then in other in other situations, parents tell their children directly or sometimes indirectly that the children are not as capable as they are. They kind of set them up for failure in some ways, you know. So the inheritors in these situations, you know, they aim to oftentimes surpass what the elders did as proof of their competence and proof of their rightful position in the family, including as the inheritors of, of the family wealth. So because of the pressure, you know, oftentimes the good rich heirs can feel, you know, they, they run the risk of encountering the same outcomes as do the bad seed heirs. You know, for example, sometimes heirs are looking for validation. They can suffer from depression, other psychological issues, as well as addictions to various different things. Uh, and and many of them often are are taking excessive risk, and that hurts the family and its you know chances of having the wealth continue and their status continue. Mm -hmm. No, no, I get it, Mark. And, and for for those heirs that feel the need to you know seek out that validation or that legitimacy, would you say there are some smarter ways <clears throat> to go about? getting that validation and achieving that legitimacy? Are there any smart methods that you might be able to offer today? Yeah, good question, actually. Uh, you know, some of the best ways we've seen families deal with this is for those inheritors to work for the family business, if there is one, in many cases there is, okay, or, or to take a position in a non-family-owned company, or think about this nowadays to pursue entrepreneurship, right? Uh, now, it's not uncommon for the inheritors to strive to create greater business empires than their elders did. And if they're taking over the family business, for example, their goal may be to make it, you know, substantially more successful than it was when they inherited it. And if it's an entrepreneurial venture, then the objective might be, you know, to build something of extremely high value, even game changing. That's, that's a real popular you know, terminology nowadays, game changing, you know, a company that demonstrates the inheritors creativity and their business acumen at the same time. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot that can be done to help people avoid, you know, that sense of legitimacy and, you know, I'm sorry, to avoid the, the need to feel that they need to be legitimate in their own mind. They can just go out and make it happen. Okay, I know, and that, that's great stuff, Mark, but uh, let's look at the other type of inheritor where maybe they're not particularly inclined towards business or they're not business savvy as a whole. What, what do you have to say about those inheritors in these instances? Hey, Ryan, that's a really great question and a good point to bring up. You know, for those individuals who are not in the family business or not in business at all, really, uh, you know, I have seen in my 43 years other avenues for them to take, and one of them you know, is philanthropy as an alternative approach. Because, you know, charitable giving can often validate the amassing of great wealth because a portion of it's being given away to worthwhile causes. So, you know, when giving is done effectively, these inheritors not only do well by others, but they also benefit themselves and their families in, in a variety of different ways. You know, the charitable acts you know, can significantly boost their family status, uh, can demonstrate their moral and societal priorities. Just a number of good things can happen from that. Not to mention, again, we always say it's it's not the most important thing, but there are some significant tax advantages involved in being philanthropically inclined too. But, you know, with that said, you know, these options are not, you know, 
they're not mutually exclusive. Inheritors, you know, they can commonly focus on both business, you know, in, in the business world and a business career and philanthropic interests at the same time. And they can, you know, achieve some really strong outcomes in doing so. Uh, they could also go in a completely different direction. Some people, you know, pursue a career in academia, you know, and that allows them to gain and impart some specialized knowledge in areas they feel passionate about and, and relay that information and knowledge on to people uh, down the road. Roger that, Mark. So, I mean, as we're kind of bringing our, our episode here to a head, I think it, the bottom line, what I'm gathering from the conversation today is that it really is key for inheritors to be sure that they're living meaningful lives. That's ultimately the bottom line, correct? You know, how, how would you, you know, emphasize and close things out for us today? Just about bottom lining it for, for those inheritors out there and what they really should be seeking out in terms of that legitimacy and how they can do it. Wow. Well, that's a profound statement. I think you just, you just said it, Ryan. No, absolutely. These inheritors, you know, they got to plant their flag in the ground in some meaningful way, regardless of the approach that they choose, right? Whether it's business, whether it's, you know, philanthropy, whether it's academia, they've got to, they've got to plant their flag. They have to say, here is, this is, this is what I believe in. So, you know, the bottom line is the inheritors who seek, you know, feelings of validation, which is what a lot of this is about, right? Self-validation. <clears throat> Those who seek that validation and that feeling of legitimacy, they often channel those needs into considerable success using the opportunities afforded to them by their sizable inherited wealth. Um, you know, but you know, these inheritors can spend you know much of their lives plagued by doubt and uncertainties. You know, they could have those feelings of guilt and of not measuring up, which is why it's so important for them to plant that flag and stand for something. You know, you should let you know inheritors know that. They can voice their feelings and their concerns about their situations rather than bury them deep inside and feel ashamed about them. An empathetic family member or financial advisor could play a huge role in this regard. You know, it's, it's important to help the inheritors understand that there are options and possibilities they have for pursuing a meaningful life paths in a way that can help them feel more deserving about their inherited affluence. And, and to be able to support them in that process, it's really important to do that. Most, you know, most oftentimes they just need to find the way to do it. Sure. And Mark, you mentioned that support that could be found through a family member or even a financial advisor. Mark, I know you 43 years of doing this. You've had these conversations before. For anybody out in our audience that might be, you know, interested in reaching out to you and your team to talk about you know, uh, inheritances, estate planning, this whole process, what would be the best way they could get in touch with you to just open up a dialogue? Yeah, thanks, Ryan. People love to visit us on the web. They can visit us at www.echelonoffice. That's E-C-H-E, -E, the word office.com. <clears throat> they can contact me directly. I'd love to, I'd love to, to have a conversation with them. That's, uh, they can reach me at mwade, that's M-W-A-D-E, at echelonwealth.com, E-C-H-E-L-O-N, the word wealth.com. I want you to just call in, call directly in, call us at 888-892-9882. Fantastic. Well, Mark, look, I know you're a busy guy. You've got plenty of clients to serve. We'll let you get back to doing that. But uh, I appreciate you jumping on here and diving into this conversation. You know, there's 
a lot of different conversations that we've covered on this show surrounding heirs and this big moment in their lives where they inherit that wealth. But it is just as important as the preparation side is what comes after it. And I think today did a nice job of shedding some light on that. So thank you. And uh, I'll see you on the next one. Hey, thanks, Ryan. You know, these lessons we learn that really come from the super rich, they're so much, they're so important to people of all, all economic levels. So thanks so much. Look forward to seeing you again. Alrighty, fantastic, Mark. And hey, look, before we leave, we also want to say one final thank you to our audience. We appreciate you guys stopping by and being with us here on the show today. And as always, if you took anything away from today's discussion, you know, you benefited from it, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whichever platform you checked us out on today. That way you will never miss out on a new episode here on the show where Mark and I are going to be unpacking the different wealth management strategies and solutions that he and his clients are operating with over at Echelon Family Office. So for Mark, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us here on today's installment of Optimizing Your Financial World.